I have a bit of a heavy heart this morning. I don't know if you saw the news, but our, our world's kind of in flummox. Um, 50? Um, 50 people died last night in Orlando from one shooter. Um, and, it's, and there's several in the hospital. Yeah, more than 50 in the hospital. It's just, it's the largest mass shooting in U.S. history. Um, and it is being considered an act of terror. And it's just one of those things that no matter where you stand, it's just, a, it's just awful. It's just awful that we're kind of at this place of violence and of um, disagreeing like that. So uh, I, I want to pray um, for this, for the families of those who are affected by that shooting and by um, just everybody involved. So let, let's pray and then we'll move forward. Father, we are um, constantly reminded, it seems, of the brokenness of this world. Um, that there are, there are people in pain, there are people hurting, people who are sad, who are suffering. There's people who um, are violent. And God, what we need is your peace, both in the times of um, suffering, in times of sadness, as we mourn the loss of people we don't even know, um, as we mourn the, the violence in this world. Uh, help us not to respond in kind and continue the cycle, but to continue to follow you to be overwhelmed with your peace. God, I pray for your peace to come over us as we, as we grieve things like this, as we mourn things like this, but also pray for your peace to overcome those who um, want to hurt us and those who want to hurt them back. God, your peace is needed. Your grace is always needed. Come quickly, Father, with your blessing, with your presence, with your love, with your mercy, and with your peace. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Um, I, I wish that I were um, either more uh, dumb or smarter. Like, I wish it was either one of those two. Um, because as it sits, I'm not smart enough to make, to not make any dumb decisions, but I'm also smart enough to realize when I have. So I wish I was either dumb enough to not even pay, pay attention, or smart enough to not make those decisions. But right now I'm in this happy medium of constantly making Silly decisions, constantly messing up, and constantly hating myself for messing up. It's this cycle I'm in. Yesterday, Rachel, um, I, was leaving, I was leaving the house. She said, we need more tortilla chips. And I said, I'm on it, because I can do things like that. And I, I was, as I was leaving, she said, do you have your wallet? Which is, an, which is a question you'd ask a child, really. And, but she asked me, 
And uh, I checked and said, yes. And I had my keys. And I didn't even have, she didn't ask me about my keys, but I had them without her asking me if I had them. And I walked out confident. Who does she think she is? I have my wallet. And I have my keys. And as I was thinking this, I realized I was opening the back door of my car. I can't not do it. I can't, make mis- I can't not make mistakes. Now, tonight, I'm going to talk to you about why this is a good thing. Why what I just did was a good thing. Tonight, at 5 o'clock, we're going to discuss the God of good humor. We're going to talk about how we handle ourselves and how we approach things like this matter. So, I, I, I'm really excited about it. It will be fun. It won't be as funny as you think it is. Um, it'll be normally funny, but we are going to talk about what good, how good humor matters to the world and to Christians, like last week we talked about uh, good grief. Uh, so please come tonight, 5 o'clock. More of you showed up last, last week than I thought would, and now more of you um, should show up again. You won't be alone. There will be other people here. Come be with those people. So we've... When, when I get, what I get frustrated with is that it's just, it's just always going to happen. I've kind of gotten to the place in my life where I'm, I'm, that's just how things are going to work. And that's fine. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to mess up. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to be a failure. We all are. We're all going to make these mistakes. We're all not quite there yet. And that's why whenever we get to a place in our Christian walk where we think, we are there. It is one of the most dangerous places you can be. One of the most dangerous places you can be in the Christian walk is I have arrived. I'm correct. Now it's my job to teach other people things. That's kind of arrogant coming from a guy standing on an elevated platform teaching you things. But it's just, it's an awful place to be. Probably use basketball too much, but you can always tell when a team is trying, and even you can do this in football too. Um, I can't tell anything about baseball, um, but good. You can always tell when a team is trying to win and trying not to lose. There's a difference between pressing on and going forward and accomplishing and achieving and trying to protect what you already have. A lot of times with the way we think about the the good news, the gospel, the way we think about Christianity, can kind of devolve into, I'm just playing not to lose here. Well, I guess, can someone turn me up? (laughs) So, no, but we, we have a... We have, a, we have a tendency to play, look, we, we just, let's, we, you can even hear it in our language. We've got to defend the truth. Defend the truth. Defend the gospel. Who, like it's a goal, and we're the goalie trying to protect it from any onslaught. That's three sports analogies, I'll quit. Paul. Paul, 
Remember Paul, the guy who wrote most of your New Testament? The guy that we would say has given us the most to think about in terms of Jesus and how Jesus should be enacted in our world, how, what Jesus means to us. None of us would say, well, you know, if Paul did a pretty good job, but if God would have given me a shot, I would have done better. None of us would be so bold to say that. But then Paul can say things in Philippians like this. Okay, this, is that messed up? Yeah, that's real messed up. It's Philippians 3, trust me. He says, and we're going to have to back up a little bit to get a run at the passage that, we are now, that we're going to look at today. So he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participate in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So sometimes that, that's a little, that's a twisty verse. That's kind of hard to get. And if you ever run across that with Paul and um, with a lot of Christian writers, you'll find that if you just keep reading, you'll find he'll restate what he just said often in a different way. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, this is the one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We will get, be the, in the worst place if we're defending the gospel. Quit defending the gospel and live it out. Quit defending the truth and be affected by it. Quit trying not to lose and win. When we, say, when we kind of develop, oh, the thing I think is correct and the thing I think is right, all the time, we're going to sit down in that spot and just, just fend off those who disagree. And often, that place where we sit is going to become a throne of self-righteousness. But another thing we can do, and when we don't press on, is we can actually sit in our own mistakes. We can sit in our own failures. And we can wallow in our guilt and shame. Paul could have done that too. Remember that time he was trying to kill people? But instead, his mind, his goal, his focus was on Jesus. Was on what God had called him to do. Not what he thought, not what he, not what he had done, not what the good things about his life or the bad things about his life. Get over it. Get up. Press on. Move forward. Jesus has called us to something wonderful, to proclaim the kingdom of God in this world, to proclaim the kingdom of God to a broken place. Not saying that they're sinners and we're the great ones. It's just that we've got a message of unity. We've got a message of, of beauty where we say there's a bunch of people in this place who really disagree with each other. Really. I mean, this place could get real hot real fast if we say uh, politics and then just run out of the room. It can happen. 
And people who disagree with each other about what the Bible says about this particular passage and what, what Paul meant when he said this. And some people will say, well, he obviously meant this. And some people will say, well, I don't think he obviously meant that because I think he obviously meant this. But what's beautiful is not that we've come to some consensus. It's that when, when we don't come to a consensus, we still sit next to each other and worship. That when we disagree, we disagree in unity. And then it's no longer about, I, well, I'm not getting my way. Or I'm not, it's, I, I love you anyway. And we'll keep disagreeing. Let's keep doing that. Because it's in the disunity, it's in the, like, in the disagreement that we find pure and beautiful unity. It's not in uniformity that we find unity, it's in disagreement and, dis, and, and misunderstandings that we find unity. That We're going to be unified anyway. The world needs more of that. I, I said this um, a while back, and it's probably a confusing statement, but I, I think... I could be wrong about this. I think every human being will eventually worship the unifying figure of the community they value most. Every human being will eventually worship the unifying figure of the community they value most. So, if you value your political party more than you value your church, you will eventually start worshiping that person. And you'll say, well, I don't worship them. I don't praise them. Well, you will because you will fend off everybody as else as a loser and lift up this girl or guy. I've got to say that now. Guy or girl as a, as well, this is our savior. This, if we just do it, if you value sports more than you value anything else, that's why sports are so popular. It's a unifying community. And people will worship their sports teams because it unifies us all. I would argue that Jesus is the unifying character of the church and that's why we worship Him. And to worship Him, you often have to uplift a community for which Jesus, that Jesus created. You have to uplift the community that, which is the church. We press on toward a wonderful goal together. We do this together. And that is an amazing thing, but one of the things that gets us caught up in, in not pressing on is we either think, well, we've got it all together and now we've got to make sure everyone else has it all together and not just in the way they think they've got it all together. They've got to have it in the way I think I've got it all together. Or we just, I'm a sinner. Well, yeah, you are, but that doesn't change what Jesus did to you. Actually, that was sort of a prerequisite of Jesus coming and dying. It was... You needed saving, so he saved you. Now press on. Keep going. Keep it up. Find new things. Maybe you're tired. Take a break. And then press on. He goes on. All of us then who are mature 
should take such a view of things. And I don't, and I, I think here he's speaking specifically about, I don't have it all yet, but I'm pressing on. Like that base thought of, I don't have it all together. I'm not right about everything. I don't understand everything as fully as I think I understand everything. And so that, that the, what I call the theology of ignorance, like I don't, I don't know everything. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. Holding on to what's in the past will make you horrible at moving forward. Try this. On your way home today, just look in the rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah. Actually, don't try that. Have you ever been in uh, like heavy traffic in Dallas or even worse, like Austin, where it's traffic and mostly just teenagers? Have you ever been thinking, all right, I need to look in my rear? You have, to, you have to psych yourself up to look backward. Oh, gosh. It's the scariest thing. It's not, and not just bumper to bumper, but bumper to bumper and fast. And you, you've got to kind of work it up. Like, all right, I've got, got to look over there. And you know that feeling when you think, oh, there's somebody. I think there might be someone in my blind spot, and you've got to do that. I'm just staying in the lane. I'm not switching. I'm not getting over, I'm not looking back there. Because you are awful at driving forward while you're looking backward. You're awful at pressing on when you're holding on. You're not good at moving in the way that Jesus would move you whenever you're, you, you refuse to let go of the way you used to live. And that could be religiously, that could be doctrinally, that could be um, secularly, that could be all sorts of ways. You used to process that old information. I have it right. Or I did it wrong. However it is that you are holding on to that, let go and press on. If you want to follow Jesus, you're going to have to let go of some things. Because he's going to change you. And you're going to have to be prepared for that. And you won't be able to press on. Until you let go. Paul says anyone who's mature. Will view things. Should take such a view of things. And if on some point. You think differently. That too. God will make clear to you. I've always thought it would be funny to end Bible class with that line every time. And if so, at some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. I've used this analogy probably too much, but you have, when you get married, you have attained 
a spouse. And it is your job for the rest of your life to live up to attaining that spouse. So we have already attained salvation through the grace of Jesus, through the blood on the cross, through the resurrection, through his kingship. We have already attained redemption. But living up to that, the fact that we have to live up to that, doesn't, doesn't change the fact that we've attained it. We are, we are called to live up to the gospel that God has given us. And this beautiful thing that we can live together for and celebrate and worship God for, will keep us moving and changing and persevering and forging on and pressing on, letting go of what we thought we knew, letting go of how we used to live, and saying, I, didn't, I don't have it all right now, but I have Jesus. And so I will press on. It's silly to me in the end to think that you've got it all right. Because what you're saying then, when you say, I've, I'm right about everything. No one actually says that. But they think it a lot, or they live it that way a lot. So we're right about everything. What you're saying when you say that is, I will never learn another thing. I am in a camp of fools who refuse to be educated, who refuse to listen. That is a bad place to be. It's an unhealthy place. We are going to fearlessly press on. Let's just keep following Jesus and see where he takes us. Keep following God and see what he does with us. Keep being led by the Spirit and see how he changes us. If you're stuck, you need help, you need the church to press you on, to move you forward, to help you, pray with you. But if you've never accepted the gift of Jesus, if you've never been forgiven, if you've never been uh, united with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection through baptism, this is a time for you to let go of a lot of things. To let go of sin, to let go of death, to let go of, 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 of um, to, to, and to grab onto. I didn't have a third thing. I always go three and I didn't have a third. Let go of sin and death and move on to the, what, what God has called us to, to press on to a new life, a life of repentance, a life of trust, a life of love, a life of unity in the spirit of God. If you're stuck, if you've never had a relationship with him or any other reason, you feel like God is moving you forward, please come forward while we stand and while we sing.